Hi and welcome. Welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Happy New Year. Here's to a bright 2021, full of joy, peace, good health and prosperity for you and yours. For our first episode, we're talking what's our 2021 private wealth strategy and not in a traditional form right we're thinking wealth in a non-traditional way i don't want to spoil the episode but we're joined by two amazing guests slim hadley and dr george faulkner of a wealth advisory firm called bellevue zurich advisory ag and i think this is very important in light of where we are you know there's so much uncertainty with this pandemic with the mutation with the second wave with brexit and how can we forge forward so that we're building truly resilient wealth portfolios and we're able to maximize business opportunities on a global landscape? So tune in, enjoy. Hi, welcome Slim and George. It's so great to have you today on The Connected Generation. Thank well you very much. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm well. I'm well. So perhaps I'll start, put Slim on the hot seat first. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit more about your entrepreneurial journey? How did you end up here in establishing Bellevue? Yes. Okay. Well, it started with a quite romantic story. I have to say it started during my study uh, study time as a student in, in law in uh, the University of Zurich. I spent a lot of time in the library working hard uh, during my studies, and then after long days and hours in the library, I headed down to the main station in Zurich, passed through the prestigious uh, Bahnhofstrasse, which is uh, the f- main financial center in Switzerland with fancy shops. And so I was uh, dr- daydreaming during my walk there. And then I said, one day I will establish my company here at the financial center of Zurich yeah. uh, in one of these iconic and uh, historical buildings. And here we are today. Our headquarters is indeed at the Bahnhofstrasse, right next to the Swiss uh, National Bank. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how it started with a vision and a dream. And here we are. That's actually incredible and really inspirational. So in between the vision and you seeing it come to life, tell me more. I want to know more about like the obstacles that you faced on that journey and how did you get past those? Well, I think the biggest obstacle is myself my my ego or my um Mm. fear to start the business Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the biggest obstacle when is the right time to start there is no right time to start you just have to start if you feel well and you feel like um starting your business you just have to do it you're never uh, prepared enough to start a business Uh, if you feel passionate about it just do it. And that's, for me, it took maybe three to four years uh, of thinking and, and 
you know, thinking about when to start and how to start. Do I need capital? Do I need this? Do I need clients? And so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one day it was a gut feeling and I said, so now this is it. This is the time. I need to go back to Zurich back in uh, 2016. Um, I was in working in a law firm in mm-hmm. Dubai and then I decided to go back to Zurich and fulfill, fulfill my dream to establish this uh, Bellevue Zurich Advisory, a private wealth advisory firm, um, as I used to daydream back in the days as a student. That's so incredible. the biggest obstacle is, is myself. And then um, everything else comes uh, with, with the time. Maybe another... Well, obstacle, it's not an obstacle, but more of, or more of a skill that you have to acquire as an entrepreneur, which is empathy and to be able to listen to clients, to potential customers, to the market, and then to react to their challenges and demands um, and create a solid solution for them based on their request and not based on you know, an exchange in a boardroom with your teammates, uh, fantasizing about solutions, but really to listen, to, to have a sense of, a strong sense of, or to develop a, a strong sense of empathy towards clients, toward market, potential clients, and then react with a solid solution. Um, this, is, this is, I think, one of the um, it's not an obstacle, but a challenge because it requires a lot of time and energy to be able to pick up all this information and then mm-hmm. translate them into a solution. I love that you brought that up because I think quite often as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to you know think of these novel, amazing ideas just from a very opportunistic, analytical perspective. And you're like, yes, this is going to be the next Uber. Or this is going to be the next without mm. much consultation with the market, actually listening mm. to the challenges that they face and actually listening to the way they want that problem solved to their preference. So I love that you brought that up. It's very, very apt. And I guess, George, at what point did you and Slim, you know, did your paths cross and why did you decide to join Bellevue as a partner? I'm the nosy host. I like to know all the... (laughs) Hi from from the cold Switzerland uh, in the backyards. uh, um, Well, it was a funny moment because uh, we had both one friend in common. Uh, He was an expert in real estate and he brought us together a couple of years ago. And um, it is interesting when you actually talk about passion investments or lifestyle investments, be it real estate or others, uh, like recently at clients for, for uh, old timer or art investments, you need to be mobile and uh, to travel, to be on the ground, to see these objects and to visit them. And I understood very quickly what value add Slim brought in with his company to actually make people flexible as possible to actually be able to travel whenever they want and be on the on these spots whenever they be. And uh, it is important, especially when you talk about real estate investments, um, it's obvious that not only the, the future owner, but his entire family wants to see the place, wants to see the environment, wants to, to understand what, what, what is around. 
and um, it is important that they actually are capable to travel. Um, and the second thing is, I think Europe, Europe, it, it is a very fascinating market and will become a very fascinating market. It is constantly changing, especially with now with the Brexit uh, coming soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, people need to relocate to relocate not only their assets, but maybe also their family. Maybe their kids are going to school and maybe they envision uh, to actually look into other opportunities, not only the UK, but in other, in other uh, uh, countries as well in uh, Europe. And uh, be f- being flexible and having these migration opportunities, which uh, Slim is, is uh, competency, uh, score competency, in it, it is important. And I think this is, the, this is what fascinated me to, uh, to look into it. And we became friends. And at one point said, hey, why not to try something together? Mm. That's great. Incredible. And as you alluded to, like, particularly in emerging markets, political risk and risk of insecurity is becoming an increasing worry for family businesses, business families. Slim, what are your thoughts on how families can really protect themselves against this and mitigate this risk? Well, that's a really crucial questions, especially considering the geopolitical situations and the political and economic instabilities in some regions. Um, it is really important to take a holistic approach on their, on, on the family's wealth and businesses, but also when it comes to their private lives. Question is uh, whether you are able to anytime um, leave this situation where you're in and in its unstable inst- and unsafe situation. Um, in an instant. So are you able to pack your things and leave uh, comfortably? Or are you required to first apply for visas to leave? Um, Which is becoming more and more of a hassle, especially during times of lockdowns, to apply for a visa is something very difficult. So there, we take a holistic approach and start first with the private situation, are you able to, to move? Okay, mm. are you able to move instantly? Do you have the right um, residence plan or citizenship plan? Do you have a, a second citizenship in your hands to be able to leave in a safe uh, country mm. and carry on with your business? Um, so there we have starting with the invest, so-called investment migration solution or citizenship and residence, residence by investment solution where an investor and their family can invest in a country, let's say, for example, in Portugal or Malta and with a um, plan to get a citizenship in return, which is a citizenship for life. Um, so... We, we see a citizenship or residency more as an insurance mm. or the best insurance money can buy rather than just a passport. Mm. Because in, in times of political and economic insecurity, a second citizenship allows holder to relocate and settle permanently in a neutral and uh, safe location. And that protects the individual and their families 
um, as well as their businesses and wealth. That goes hand in hand what uh, George's competency uh, is, which is wealth planning, wealth advisory, and and other topics uh, that are important to a business family's uh, mm. future. Mm. I must say. I was quite naive to this whole topic before and I didn't really understand the importance of that mobility, not just in terms of peace of mind, like you said, in the worst case scenario, political risk or insecurity, but also in actually enabling business families to to travel for business reasons and enable them to expand internationally and what have you. And business families face, aside from political risk and um, all this horrible stuff, insecurity, they also face business and economic risk. And a lot of business families tend to be not very well diversified in terms of facing, they're overexposed to their businesses and face liquidity risks. So this is to you, George. How can they really mitigate against this heavy overinvestments in the family business, for instance, there's a manufacturing plant and most of the family's wealth is tied up in this operating business and perhaps real estate. How, what steps can they take to really diversify and protect and enhance their wealth? Yeah, that's a very good question, Anik. And I mean, when I worked in, in Southeast Asia and, and looked into the family businesses of, of those uh, families, most important thing is from, from, from a background perspective to actually understand the, the wealth creation of these families means their, their core business. This is the most important thing. And I analyze it, how diverse it is their core business. I'm not, I'm not a classical private who actually private equities and so on to diversify your wealth. Most important is to actually understand your core business and see how diverse is it already. Let's say you're in agriculture or you're in the consumer goods or you're in real estate. Where is the bulk of your wealth creation? Is it in one hotspot, in several in the several spots? Is it diversified regionally or not? And is it also diversified within the family or not? And once you understand uh, that part, um, that's the, for me the first step. How diversified is your wealth creation source? Um, afterwards, how is your wealth protected? That's the second step to see how do you protect your wealth already, the standards you have today. And um, be it that, for example, families like to buy gold and keep it in a safe, in a safe environment, mm. uh, or be it that you have uh, accounts abroad Mm. Or you have actually you actually relationship with a certain banks uh, outside your country. Uh, this is this is the, the the step where my my first question is: Do you have someone who is independently of 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 the supplier of those banks? Do you have someone who you can trust and is neutral in terms of advisory? Because mm. I give you just an example. Only in Switzerland, there are 260 banks, private banks. Wow. And it's 260 in Switzerland only, not counting the UK, Germany, Italy, France, and so on. And today, every bank is proposing you their competence in 
all fields. They all tell you yeah. they, they, they know everything. And we know all that it is impossible to know everything. Mm-hmm. Each bank has a certain single uh, value proposition, or I would say some USBs. And in other parts, you probably need to partner up with someone else. And that's why I see in Europe this, this competency independent family office, but it's not the family office itself, it's an independent advisor, makes sense because the opportunities are so broad. You as a, you are, you, you have your company, you as a, a real estate developer or as an agriculture expert or as a consumer good expert, you have your expertise in that field. And that's already a lot which is, which is demanded from yourself. Now, having also an expertise in how to choose the right banking partner, it is almost impossible with the limited time you have. That's why mm-hmm. I think it is, it is crucial to first understand that there is a numerous, a, a great number of choices in the market. As I said, we talk about in Europe about probably more than 100 banks. And mm-hmm. you can imagine that 300 banks, they have 300 single, single uh, USPs. So who helps you there to choose the best thing? Uh, be it like credit, for example. I mean, most of the entrepreneurs are depending on the credit side. Mm-hmm. And I, from my experience, in my past experience, I worked 20 years in two large banks, the, the biggest Swiss bank for 16 years and the biggest European mm-hmm. bank for four years. I see all in between these two institutes, huge differences in terms of credit competency. And, um, and it is also in demand who is actually advising you where to best inv- uh, invest your money. If you want to create wealth, my advice is always stay within your core competency. If you're a real estate mm-hmm. developer, stay in that field because that's what, that's your comfort zone. But mm-hmm. try to think about how I diversify my investments in real estate. If you're an expert in wealth, in, in, in um, healthcare, stay in that field, but try to think out of the box, how can I uh, diversify my wealth creation? Mm-hmm. If you have already developed a certain wealth in your life and you want to make sure that that wealth, part of it is well protected for your second and third generation, then it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Then we need to look into the banking services around the world and see where is your money best protected and in what type of assets, be it from the safest heaven when I said about investing in gold or investing in, in uh, commodities, or if you are more if you're more entrepreneurial type of uh, investment style, what type of industries are actually balancing your own industry? For example, if you're in, mm. if you're in real estate, then probably have a look also into technology as an investment opportunity because the cycles are totally different than real estate. So you have to analyze the investment cycles and to balance, to balance your portfolio according to, to where your wealth creation has occurred. You said something that really resonated with me, and that is, you know, you said there's over 250 banks alone in in Switzerland. Switzerland. And as business families, the choice is just overwhelming. And it can feel like, where does one even begin? Yes, 
I know that, for instance, I want to diversify the family's wealth and have an offshore portfolio, but how do I even choose a provider, a banker, investment manager? They're just left, right, and center. How do I choose a fiduciary company? The decision overwhelm in itself can leave you in a state of inertia. It's better to do nothing <laughs> than to make the wrong decision <laughs> and to start true. to inform yourself with all these 250, however many banks, yeah. like where, where yeah. do you even start from? So you brought up some really good points. And it really points to even how do family family businesses decide on this trusted advisor that can help them navigate this exactly yeah this so many decisions to make and it's very I mean take the example of tennis if you if you don't have a clue about tennis and you want to start you actually look into TV what Roger Federer is playing and then you choose a Wilson racket right <laughs> yes absolutely racket for yourself. Because it's too stiff, it's too hard to play, and so on. Uh, so you you actually choose the the brand and you go for Roger Federer. But in mm-hmm. in reality, if you really want to to learn how to play well tennis, you take a coach, and the coach is independent of the suppliers, and he looks into your movement, into your mm. movements, into your dynamic, and then he tries out with you four, five different racket providers, right? And at the end, you probably end up with a racket which no no one in the top ten is playing, uh, mm. but it suits perfectly to you. Mm. That's a really great analogy. Really, really great, great analogy. It's actually also because our, I love our Roger Federer. Approach, so <laughs> <laughs> you were saying, Slim. Yeah, that's actually our approach where we uh, act as a single point of contact. Unfortunately, because it's too stiff. (laughs) (laughs) You said Um, this is the approach you take. Exactly. That's the approach we take as a single point of contact for various um, private private wealth and lifestyle matters uh, Mm. so that an investor or and his family can rely on one single contact uh, who chooses the best in-class service providers or banks or independent wealth managers mm. for their particular needs. So it's really a bespoke approach um, and we act independently. I, I love that. I really love that because it's not one size doesn't fit all. Exactly. Um, for all families. Um, so what are the common mistakes that you see business families making in this area of wealth building? And in your view, how can they, what steps can they make to further enhance their wealth? Hmm. Well, you, you have pointed that out just to postpone things, important and crucial matters when it comes to uh, your private wealth, because you're in your business, in your daily business, uh, very focused as an entrepreneur to develop your own business and to grow, but then you leave important private wealth matters aside. One of the the topics is the citizenship and residency planning. Um, We frequently face situations where clients postpone it. They are informed and they know quite really well that a second citizenship or Mm. 
or a res alternative residency is crucial in their situation, but they postpone it sometimes because they're focused on their business, sometimes just procrastination. Mm -hmm. uh, but the time is really now, especially during COVID, we have um, had an increasing amount of people who contacted us uh, again to start the procedure right now. But they mm -hmm. miss the fact that this procedure can take a couple of months until you hold a passport in your hands yeah. or a residency. In some instances, you have to travel to the country where you're applying uh, for your residency or citizenship. So there is an entire procedure um, mm. behind the behind obtaining a citizenship through investment. It's, it's not just about a matter of, I have the money, I invest and get the citizenship, but mm. there's a process where we advise clients step-by-step step until they hold the passports or residency in their hands. But when they are, when they postpone it, and this is the biggest mistake, just to postpone such a crucial um, matter, uh, until something bad happens in their country and they cannot leave or they have, for example, one of my clients had a huge business opportunity in Germany and mm. he needed to travel to Germany within three days to close the deals. He couldn't because he missed that his visa, his Schengen visa was invalid. So he had to apply for the visa, which takes two to three weeks let alone now during COVID, COVID and lockdown, it takes weeks and months. Yeah. Um, so you miss a multi-million euro investment opportunity because of this, yeah, little issue, which is a visa, uh, visa application. So you can uh, avoid it by applying today, applying for a citizenship that allows you to travel to the countries that you have to travel to, whether it is China, where you have a business, or it's Europe or the US, and obtain the citizenship. And then you have something in your hands that not only benefits you as a business man or woman uh, to travel to business meetings and important conferences, uh, but also benefits your family, your mm -hmm. spouse and your children, um, for the rest of their lives. Mm. I mean, it's something that you're investing for now and the future generations. So mm. I think it's one of the most important investments to do, especially in times of insecurity, uh, COVID and, and political instability in some countries, economic instability. Um, so you need to be ready and be smart and act today rather than tomorrow. There's something you said that really resonates, and that was the example you gave of your um, client that missed out on a multi-million opportunity in Germany because of this visa nonsense. And COVID, in a way, you know, has brought a lot of negative news, huge negative impacts for a lot of businesses, but actually has brought about a lot of buying opportunities, particularly in the mergers and acquisitions market. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that Bombardier, they've had record number of sales of private jets this year. So mm. the ultra affluent are buying because things are depressed, prices are depressed. So there's lots of 
business opportunity. So, you know, if um, really having this citizenship really does help with being able to take advantage of business opportunities. George, wanted to know whether you had any thoughts on, you know, common mistakes that mm-hmm. you see business families making and what, what steps they can take to enhance their wealth. Yeah. It's, I mean, I would like to continue what, what Slim had said. I mean, it's the basic questions for a family is, again, uh, this separation in, in your discussion. Where is your wealth creation and where do you want to, to apply your wealth protection? And first of all, on the wealth creation, if you start to diversify, let's say, like Slim mentioned, the opportunity to invest in Germany uh, today, Unfortunately, and we see it, most clients comes back with feedback to me to say, well, the Pfizer's, the Facebook's, the Amazon's, the, uh, the Apple's of this world are already too expensive, which I must say, yes, it's true. Um, and then the discussion is always, where do you see opportunities to invest our money? Because the other, the big ones uh, are actually too expensive. And I said, the, the small and mid cap area, especially in, uh, for example, in Germany, in Switzerland, it is something where if I drop you a name, it doesn't resonate to you at all. And, uh, and my proposition to the investors always, let's have a visit to visit this company together. For example, almost nobody knows that the newest iPhone, iPhone ears, which I have in my ear, is fabric not in China, but it's, it's actually due to a smaller German company. And that company has exploded in terms of, in terms of equity price. Uh, but if you're not on the ground, if you don't have a trusted person on the ground, and it's not only just dropping you the name, but also visiting this company. And that's the most important thing. Then you have the opportunity to actually uh, wealth in a diversified manner. So this is the one point. The second is the wealth protection area. The question is, are you living in a place where wealth creation, wealth protection are in the same? If yeah, for me as a Swiss, in my living here, I'm earning the money here, my wealth is here. Okay, then the discussion is, is full stop. If you believe that certain political risks or certain economic risks make you think of diversifying uh, the wealth protection from the location where you create your wealth, then the discussion is, how do I move myself and how can I be as mobile as possible to actually be also in that part of the world where my wealth is protected? And then it comes back to Slim said, then I need mobility capabilities to actually be in that part. So these are the two main questions. Uh, how I diversify my wealth creation. And as soon as I think out of the region where I started to do wealth creation, immediately then, you actually need certain people on the ground, but also these mobility capabilities, which uh, Slim mentioned. And the other thing is, if you think that wealth protection should be diversified from your wealth creation uh, place, then again, it comes to that quick, can I move from one place to the other to actually be also on both places when it needs, uh, when it, when it needs my, my uh, presence. Okay, awesome. And my next question is a huge one, and it's um, lots of next gens come up to me and ask me about, particularly those that are not necessarily in the business, and they're wanting to add value to the family enterprise, and they often question 
asked me questions about family office. What advice would you give them? You know, where can they start? You know, I know it's a very, it's a huge, I'm sure that, that there's a lot to say in five minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> what tips would you give those that are thinking of a family office? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, my, in my experience, there has been two different paths for next generation. Uh, one, which let's say has an affinity for the parents' business or the grandparents' business, and they want to enhance that business. They want to bring it to the next level. Uh, very often, technology plays a crucial role. Uh, myself, especially agriculture, for example, or in, even in healthcare or, or consumer sector with the logistics uh, technology, that technology plays a crucial role, digitalizing digital plays a crucial role. And where do you uh, enhance your knowledge? Where do you actually bring in your knowledge? I've seen families in Southeast Asia where they send their kids, especially to Germany, to Swiss Technical University in Zurich or in Geneva, to, to learn how actually technology can enhance their parents' business. So you can't learn it at home. You have to go somewhere where you, you actually be inspired by, by new ideas. Um, on the other side, if, uh, if you don't choose to actually work, let's say you, your, your sister or your, your brother wants to step in into the company business and you have totally different uh, passion, uh, the question is, what, how can you bring your passion in to still create wealth for your family? Um, eat your passion in music. I've seen, I've seen next generation people who actually are investing in music instruments. Uh, you are, in, you are, uh, you have an affinity for paintings. Uh, also, there the painting market is is going up uh, tremendously. Mm-hmm. You are interested in in other passion investments. I mean, there are many many uh, passion investments where you can also create value for your family mm-hmm. by enhancing your knowledge on that. And uh, I would say this is these are the type of discussions to understand the profile of the next generation. Mm. And I always say, follow your passion. Don't mm. don't push yourself in something where you see it's not your comfort zone. Um, if, for example, the only daughter or son of a family, and you're not in the comfort zone to take over the business of your parents, find with with intelligent executive search find someone who actually steps in and manage that business for you in in the future and Mm -hmm. try to find how you actually exploit more your passions Mm -hmm. great great i mean you you see great families you see great families in in germany like for example one of the family which i which i admire most is the porsche family from the porsche cars just one son Mm -hmm. entered the business and the other son was actually a music teacher and he invested in violins. He has a collection of violins, which is, which is randomly. The other son of Porsche has actually a flavor for fashion and he created Porsche design. In almost every airport today in Europe, you see the Porsche design shop where you see clothes, shoes, bags. Uh, so, and I think this is important. And today this business arm is, is very, very successful. And it doesn't have to do something with building cars. Mm-hmm. So it's an example which, which I take and say, don't force yourself in something which is not your 
But if you have something, try to find out with people, how can you exploit it to create value for the family? I love that. So wise. So, and I like the point about how your passion can actually end up bringing wealth and enhance the wealth of the family business through um, mm -hmm. arts or fashion or other other areas that are of yeah. interest to the next gen in particular. And thinking about COVID-19, which has been extremely disruptive to many, many businesses and the economic landscape, what opportunities do you think business families can consider to enhance their wealth? I mean, if, if you look into the, the investment horizon and into, into almost every sector has winners and every sector. It's not only the health sector which has benefited a lot. Uh, let's say, for example, the consumer sector, all these fast food uh, delivery, fast delivery chains have, uh, have exploited their businesses. Um, you, you see in different areas, even recently, in recently the stock market have seen uh, winners in uh, hospitality area, uh, where you were thinking that actually travel agencies uh, have, been, have been most hit by COVID. Uh, but Airbnb, for example, has tripled up their numbers when they came up uh, this week. Uh, why? Because it's a different business model, which actually is better suited to a pandemic situation like it is today. And uh, it offers something which is not, which is not affected by, by the pandemia. And this is, this is where you need a trusted advisor where I say, don't just step into the pitfall and just buy a fund uh, which is highly diversified from a bank who tells you that if you go there, you don't have a risk. Because the issue with diverse, diversifying or diversity is if you diverse too much, you don't get anything back, right? Sure. It's like if you put money in a sure. casino on all numbers and colors mm. and zero, mm. <laughs> at the end, you lose money. Sure. You lose money. So diversifying has a certain limit. Um, don't diversify too much, but on the other side, you, you actually need to the time to uh, reflect what sectors uh, I'm in, are in my comfort zone. And I come back again to the wealth creation part in which sector have you created your wealth? Because that's the expertise you bring with you. And then find the right person to dig into that sector to find who is actually the winner in certain situations like the pandemia we have today. Excellent, excellent advice. And to both of you, are you excited about the future? And what do you see in the horizon for your consultancy, Bellevue? Well, we are always excited about the present and the future, especially in times of uh, disruption and, and changes. I mean, we are living in a world that changes constantly, not daily, but in an hourly basis. And we are really excited about the future. I mean, for 2021, we are expecting to grow our team in Zurich and Dubai uh, to accommodate our clients' needs. Then we are going to announce new exciting partnerships with best-in-class um, service providers, um, especially also in the field of real estate in Switzerland. As you may know, it's a very difficult to, uh, as a non-Swiss 
or mm-hmm. non-resident in Switzerland to invest in real estate in Switzerland. So there we, we got a really um, exciting partnership with a real estate developer where, uh, where non-Swiss and non-resident residents in Switzerland can invest in real estate in very solid and uh, um, promising uh, projects. So that's going to be something that we are going to announce very soon in 2021. And then, of course, we can't wait the travel restrictions to be lifted so I can finally travel yeah. again to Africa and to Nigeria <laughs> and yes. meet you in person. Yes. Uh, I mean, last time we met, that was, was during, in Mauritius, uh, mm-hmm. in Mauritius mm-hmm. uh, during this family office uh, investment summit, which was mm-hmm. an amazing. And I really miss those gatherings where you have like direct contact with people and and exchange ideas and mm-hmm. it was really nice in Mauritius and I hope the next trip and maybe the first trip in 2021 will be in Nigeria mm-hmm. so we can meet again and uh, and see how we can improve lives of of others love it love it and if anyone wants to get in touch with you <laughs> how best can they reach you the best way to reach me is either through whatsapp well, so we're going to leave uh, the WhatsApp number with you so you can share it with your audience. Mm-hmm. Or you can visit our uh, website, www.bellevuezurich.com. But the best way to reach me directly on WhatsApp, I think that's the easiest way. If there is any requests, any questions, um, we are very happy to provide you with uh, uh, a private consultation just free of charge. Me and George will be very pleased to do that. And hopefully we will we'll be able to travel to Nigeria. Or if you happen to be in Dubai, just mm-hmm. drop me a message. I'm currently in Dubai, enjoying this beautiful weather. Uh, and uh, yeah, so let me know. I'm pleased to meet your audience. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much to both of you. This has been a very interesting and enriching conversation we've had. We'll definitely definitely include your number and the website link in the show notes so listeners can get in touch with you should they um, um, wish to. So thank you so much and take care. Thank you, Nike. Really appreciate your time and this amazing platform. (laughs) Thank you. I loved, loved that episode. I love that there's still opportunities, right? And I came across this quote by Israel Moore Aivo, and he says, be conscious of the global elements in your dreams. When starting local, dream of taking it global sooner. I think this is really apt for us as family businesses, right? We should always dare to go global, to take our businesses global, to build global wealth portfolios, and how best to do that than through having mobility, right? I really enjoyed that conversation because I'd never made that connection between mobility and being able to globalize our businesses and our wealth. New beginnings require new thinking, right? They require new ways of doing things. 
and they require us to be creative, to think outside of the box. And I think that's going to be key to us thriving through 2021. So yeah, along that line of thinking outside of the box, trying new things, um, doing old things in new ways, next week's episode is going to be epic. We're talking Bitcoin. We're talking, should you be thinking about Bitcoin as a family business, family office? Is it just a fad? So you want to tune in next week. We have an amazing guest, Andrew Howard, who is an expert in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So I'm excited. So thank you. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Share this episode with a friend. Like, subscribe, leave a review. I'd love, love, love for you to share the love. (laughs) Take care and God bless you.